Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This podcast series provides a space for some fabulous people to share their stories and find a voice within our ever-changing world. It is a space that simply encourages sparky conversations, because there is most definitely always something to be learned from every interesting conversation, however unscripted. At its heart, this podcast is built on the belief that each of us experiences the world in our own unique way, meaning that we all have our own story to share. The Coffee and Conversation podcast aims to uncover a range of perhaps previously unheard stories in an informal, engaging way, so that we can all connect, explore, grow and learn from the great people behind these tales. Happy listening! For this first edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast, I am delighted to be joined by Barbara Daniels and Nikki Fuller, two phenomenal women who I have had the pleasure of getting to know over the past few years. Through our work together, and more latterly our friendship, we have discovered a whole range of shared interests, including coaching, mentoring, sport and inclusion. We do, however, all come from very different backgrounds and have very varied experiences to bring to our relationships. Barbara is a former teacher and international cricketer who played nine test matches and 55 one-day internationals for England and was a member of the World Cup winning team in 1993. Having gained significant experience as a coach developer and facilitator in sports such as cricket and golf, she now focuses much of her time supporting aspiring female leaders around the world with the Women's Sport Leadership Academy. Nikki also brings a sporting pedigree in her sport of netball, where she has significant experience as a player, coach and coach developer, and currently coaches the Flames Junior Netball Club in South Shropshire. She has worked as a coaching and coach development consultant for the past 20 years, during which time she has supported a number of sports, most notably in the equestrian world, to develop innovative approaches to coach education and development. I'm delighted to be talking with them both today. Thank you for joining me on the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Um, Thank you. We are currently in our respective homes in Scotland and Shropshire and yes and usually the coffee and conversation podcast would start with a coffee but we are all drinking i think slightly different drinks at the moment um i have uh in my office a pint of water something hot cup of tea just finished and i have a a a quite a nice white wine almost almost finished now (laughs) excellent excellent so the theme of, of this conversation really is is i suppose around great people and connections um so maybe we should start off by um explaining how we all met and how we came to actually know each other through a work context and then um more latterly into a friendship context i suppose um and nikki and i first met back in probably the late 1990s when Mm. i was a young inexperienced sports development officer in the wire forest and nikki was our national coaching foundation as was then regional manager yeah i think i was i i can't remember if i ever met you when i was the netball development officer for the west midlands Mm. that was it was in the days of sports council offering um three-year contracts on roles so i moved from the netball development officer um and then yes to national coaching foundation regional development manager well, my, I have to confess, my earliest memory of meeting you, Nikki, was being absolutely terrified. And um, <laughs> in, in champion coaching days, we had to do an annual report and you had to go and turn up in front of the regional manager. Um, and usually my boss at the time would have done it. Um, but she 
went into um, she was she went off on maternity leave earlier than expected, um, and I was left with this presentation I had to do. So I walked into this building at University of Birmingham um, to be greeted by this panel of people, including Nikki, um, to have <laughs> to present our progress, and that is my lasting memory. And it didn't necessarily scare me off. Um, I was going to say, was I was I nice to you, Jane? You were. You were very nice. So there must have been something in there that stuck in my mind. Um, because I suppose the next time our paths crossed were was quite a few years later when I was working um, at the PGA and was looking for people to... Oh, was it before then? Mm. We did, did some work with Nikki Enoch. Do you remember? Oh, yes. We were, you were um, on a gap year. And doing a little bit of freelancing, but also writing music and playing in a band. And we did some work with Nikki Enoch around leadership mm. and coaching of sports development officers, I think it was. We did in a hotel room or a somewhere near Bromsgrove, I seem to remember meeting. I do. And, I, and we worked with a guy called John Neal. Yeah. Blimey, that is going back a few years. Mm so skip on a few years and then we connect reconnected paths when I needed some people to um develop the level three qualification for golf and really wanted to make sure it was you know really embedded in coaching and people and connecting um, and not necessarily delivered around the technicalities of golf so I talked to you and said would you be interested in working with me um and you said yes but as long I think, as I, can, I think I might have said Yes, because it sounded interesting. And then I began to panic and think, <laughs> I'm not sure if this, I can do this on my own. But I've got a really good friend who I'm sure would like to do it as well and would would add value to the programme. And hence, Barbara. So, yes, I said yes, too. <laughs> and I think then on reflection, when we met, I think we'd realised that our paths had crossed as well at a conference Somewhere in Holland. Holland. Yeah, it was a ICCE conference. It must have been, I think. And uh, we nearly got snowed in, didn't we? But that's so. And you, yes, I. So I think I connected with you there because there weren't most people hadn't been able to get there because it had been there was snow everywhere. So like Penny didn't make it, and lots of other people. So it was quite a small group. And you were present. You were presenting something about right people, right place, or right coach, right place, right time. I think you were presenting that for the first time. And Jane probably paddle, paddleboarded there. And then <laughs> yeah, hiked, back. Hiked through the snow because there was no public transport. Yeah. 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 I, yes, I do remember a bit of an epic journey getting back involving sitting on floors in airports and waiting for and finally getting last flights out of places. Um, mm. So, yeah. So it's funny how paths and people kind of you connect and then you come back together and mm. we ended up working yeah, quite a lot with each other over a period of time developing what was I still think a fantastic um learning program and qualification and and really allowing people to bring in some yeah maybe some new thinking but also to be able to really look at developing coaches as people um and how they then connect with themselves and others yeah and I think you gave us the freedom to do what nobody else mm. had ever let us do really <laughs> Not fully. It, it was a great program where we were able to experiment yeah. from our learning. Because Barbara and I met through um, the start of the UK coaching certificate yeah. 
and the how to coach elements and Barbara had been doing quite a lot of work with Penny Penny had been doing some work with England netball and so I'd met Penny and then Penny and Barbara were doing some work through um, Sports Coach UK and that's how I think I met you Barbara but doing the the level ones level two and to some extent the first round of level three UKCC programs they were really tight in the content, how the content was to be delivered. And there was little time for experimentation, allowing the the program to breathe. And you enabled us to do that. And I think from our, what we had gained from doing maybe quite a lot of facilitation of Mm. those initial qualifications was, blimey, people go away really tired and rarely have the opportunity to cement their thinking before they leave the the workshops and go out and practice it and i think barbara we, we that wasn't explicit in the way that we were talking but i i think we had a feeling that we needed to, to give people time to think and breathe a bit and not not fill the program full of content I think I think we did, and I think you, Jane, gave us that. So mm-hmm. there was a bit of a happy coincidence, I suppose, in that you definitely wanted to provide a platform for golf coaches that was less about technical and more about the other stuff. And I guess we both worked on Level 3 programmes, which had had to have the technical and the other stuff together, and both had probably felt that the other stuff didn't get enough space. Um, and so we were able to just do the other stuff. Um, which people might call the soft skills or whatever, but actually the most important relationship stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and with a clear steer to say it had got to be connected to research and, you know, um, academic um, theory, but that we were, and so we were challenged, I think, to make sure that was evident, but also that it was about practical application of those things and not just the theory themselves. Yeah, it was a, a chance to change behavior and I think your brief to us Jane was very much that um, within the world of professional golf coaching that the coaches are really great on the technical side of the game and the biomechanics and the physics of the ball spin etc the interpersonal stuff perhaps they covered less so and the intrapersonal stuff probably hadn't been on an agenda bar something around reflection, self-reflection after an activity. And that's the bits that mm. I think we we both enjoyed um, bringing in to the programme and um, had got some ideas, I think, from delivering it in our previous yeah. Level 3 programmes. And I think definitely there's something that comes out in what both of you are talking about that we'll maybe just come back to in a few minutes in terms of that connection and people. Um, and I think our story almost and how we ended up working together shows that you sort of you cross paths with people and build relationships at some points, which at that point in time, nothing may come of it. But almost you develop that rapport that when the environment provides or opportunity provides you know where those people are and you're able to kind Mm. of come together and and work in that sort of safe type of environment where there's trust and you know that people are going to come and you know bring the things that you know they're good at and 
that are needed in that moment. I think you do. I think you get a sense of people you kind of click with or are on the same sort of wavelength. Not necessarily that we'd all agree about absolutely everything, but I think the. I mean, where are we now? Twenty twenty. How long ago was the golf? That must have been ten years ago. Probably, yeah. And I think the proof of the relationship is that we do still just keep in touch and say, "Here, what do you think about this?" And that mm. that you that you do find people that you bounce stuff off, even if you even if you're not actually working with them. But that there are people that you trust to say, I just need to. What, what do you reckon? Let's. Can I just chat to you about this? Can we think about this? Um, that might come to work, that might not. But actually, you know, they're trusted spaces, and there's not everybody that you can do that with. So let, let's get a bit of an insight into how we think then. And, and one of the things that I'm doing through these, these these podcasts is is you know I love quotes and words and and the meanings behind them. Um, so I'm inviting people to share quotes that mean something to them. Um, and I think both of you have brought along a quote um, that you've chosen. So, Nikki, do you want to share yours first? Because you said yours has recently come to you in a yes. coaching context. And, and I have to credit Penny Chrisfield for this. Penny um, was doing some work recently and copied me into some, some feedback and quoted um, somebody called Rachel Naomi Remen and She'd written an article about helping, fixing or serving. And I'll read you the quote now. Fixing and helping create a distance between people, but we cannot serve at a distance. We can only serve that to which we are profoundly connected. So that's the start. But she puts this in context by saying helping, fixing and serving represent three different ways of seeing life. When you help, you see life as weak. When you fix, you see life as broken. When you see, when you serve, you see life as whole. Fixing and helping may be the work of the ego and service the work of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I found that really poignant because I, it made me reflect very much about how I see myself. Do I see myself? as a helper and a fixer and I think I would often describe myself as somebody who helps others and reading that quote about well somebody who helps um, sees people as being weak and needing support and the more I thought about it the the deeper I began to like explore my own philosophy really I I would really want to be a servant and about service because I I don't see people as weak or broken. Um, And that was such a poignant, concise summary. And it sums up, I think, what we do. um, Often the people who we work with, coaches, largely in my case, um, how they see the people that they work with mm. and looking at, at the roles that they're going to play. So it's new and there's a whole, I found the whole article that it, it came from and because we've got time at the moment, I've just started to read into that. So very poignant and it's making me think about how I approach and the the essence of servitude who at one, at one stage, if you'd asked me about servitude, I would have said, terrible Nobody should be serving anybody else. However, I, I look at that now and I say, yes, on my, and, you know, it's on, on my terms of 
serving rather than having to serve or be in servitude. And you have to get close to people in order to serve. Really interesting. I like it. And I, and it's in, I think that idea of, you know, helping others, seeing them as weak and how I think there's something I, as I as I listen to you talk, I think, yeah, the, the first in, instinct would be that actually it's not serving. We're not bowing down to people and serving, but actually, you are finding a way that you can facilitate their development as opposed to fix anything or anything that's broken. It's how can you help people find their potential? Maybe some of those sorts of things and, and yeah. serve that need. I don't know if that makes. Those are things that I'm taking out from. Yeah. And I, I guess I've been doing some mentoring recently where it's it's been very much about working with people not to not to develop in a different direction, but to be quite happy with who mm. they who they are to find find happiness in the type of person that they are. And am I helping them? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I want to be able to serve, and I want to be able to review and analyse how I better serve those people than go in feeling that this is a role to help. Wow, great quote. Got me thinking. My, I'm ticking my brains. I think we could probably sit here and talk for hours about that quote. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll save that for another day. But no, really interesting. I think maybe some of that that connection stuff and I think you mentioned about you can only serve somebody if you really know them or yes it might come back to that and I think there's something about a rapport and I guess in there there is there are times when we probably all do help and perhaps there are are periods when people want help and I you know I put my hands up there are times I actually want somebody to help me um but it's it's made me think about when is the right time to help when is when should i be properly serving and be in servitude to them hmm, good questions to ponder barbara what's your quote that you brought with you well it's more perhaps it's not a whole quote but it's a, and it perhaps follows on from nikki now but um a book that i read last year that has been in my head for a while is called the talking revolution how creative conversation can change the world and um and they were on the the people who wrote this peter osborne and eddie canford dumas one of them was on word of mouth on radio four um um, i forgot the name of the guy who hosts that now michael rosen um and he talks he talked about so what they talk about is we need a talking revolution we need a massive worldwide improvement in how we understand and are understood by each mm. other we need a revolution in the human way the quality of how we actually connect with each other one to one and then and and the guy said if you take the only thing you take from that conversation or from reading the book was that we we all need to spend longer understanding the other person. And that doesn't mean trying to change their mind. It doesn't mean mm. listening to say, I need to get, I'm going to try and persuade you to a different point of view, to just simply understand where they're coming from. And that's been in my head for the last six, eight, ten months around what does that mean then? And I think, again, it comes back to that 
rather than diving in to help or fix or is mm. properly understanding where is this person coming from and I might not agree with where they think they want to go but that's the help they want at the moment um, and really trying to spend particularly in what has been very divisive times here you know through Brexit and everything I found it quite helpful to just force myself to try and put myself in somebody else's shoes and understand why people were thinking very differently to me and not necessarily wrongly, just differently. Mm. So it's given me pause for thought and I hope has informed a little bit more of how I've gone about working, particularly one-to-one, but also, you know, in bigger facilitations. And I think there's, you know, what, what's coming out from both of your quotes, even though you haven't talked about the quotes you've chosen, they they kind of just happen to echo each other in a way or connect somewhere, which maybe says mm. something about, about you know, the, the approach you take to coaching and mentoring and those sorts of things. But I think, you know, what's coming to mind as I listen to you both is the importance of you know, understanding difference. And was it, Barbara, that you can bring your English in, English skills and say, was it um, To Kill a Mockingbird where Atticus said, you know, you only know another person if you get around and walk inside their shoes or something like that? Yes, um, I think it was, yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. But that idea of, you know, taking meeting people where they are rather than trying to change them to where you are. And, you know, the importance of recognising that, um, you know, there's a lot of talk around diversity of thought, diversity, you know, difference and diversity and um, understanding that we all bring something different. But, you know, we can all see and experience the same thing, but actually take very different experiences from it. And unless we take time to understand, we never really know what those are. And trying to create spaces where it's and and almost structures where it's okay to have those conversations and not reduce it to a, you know, a tweet type, you know, um, what becomes a row very quickly and Mm. and very, very firm, entrenched positions Mm. and trying to rediscover ways of having informed conversation Mm. that enables and allows people to express views that sometimes might be quite tough to hear, but still it's a safe place to do that, not just a, I think this, I think that, and we can never mm-hmm. meet in the middle. Because I found it quite disturbing the last couple of years, the way, you know, not just the Brexit debate, but lots of other debates that go online end up as very fractious and angry. And and it's not a space that I want to inhabit. Um, so th- just Just picking up on a few things that you've both talked about in terms of, you know, creating that environment, um, whether it's the golf level three qualification or the mentoring conversations you have or, you know, that, that space. You know, what is it? What is it that you think or do you try and bring to those sort of um, learning environments or conversations that enable that feeling of safety? You know, how do you start to put some of these principles in practice where we you know we need to understand and we need to we need the other person to trust us and trust that space you know what are the sorts of things you know, cat, or, you know is it possible to distill it down into a few things to say look these are some core things that we try and do Oof. I'll start with there are many and I think there there isn't one answer would be my my initial, one answer, <laughs> one answer is, there isn't one answer is my answer it, um and it would be many many things and I I do think it's a little bit to do with that sense of people feeling that you are giving them time, time. and showing 
showing proper proper interest. So you need to be free of thinking, um, right, we need to start in 10 minutes and I'm, you know, need to get to this point. I've got this to get through. So you you do have to put effort into giving a sense of time and giving that um and it's and i when i say giving i I don't mean giving an impression like i'm really good at acting and putting a front on but what's going on behind is 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 manic because it's not it's a a genuineness of feeling that actually i'm i'm here for you i'm going to listen and i'm going to show interest so simple asking questions of people that you've never met before and showing interest would would be a couple of things Barbara what would you add to that well and I'd follow on from that to say so you know we're all mentoring people in the context of, of sport and coaching or you know women's leadership and and I would still always say so yes those questions and genuinely finding out more about them than just the context or the slice of them that we're we're supposed to be seeing in whatever context we're working with them in mm. so they are trying to gen showing a genuine interest without prying but trying to get to understand them as a complete person a bit more um in order to make that mentoring process more useful really and more realistic um and, and I'm just thinking there's two things that are coming to mind as you both talking in terms of what I'm sort of thinking about, like our, you know, the, the relationship and rapport that the three of us have built into over the last few years in terms of being able to see this as kind of that safe space to talk about things mm. beyond, you know, or, or any sorts of things that, like you say, Bob, we don't necessarily all agree on every point, but we're able to discuss those. But also then thinking about other people that are in our lives who mm. give us that same sense, whether it's, you know, family or you know, close friends, or you know, the, you know, you meant, talked about Penny Crisfield a few times. The name, yeah. you know, people like that. In terms of, you know, if you're thinking about those people in your lives and what they've given you, is it the same sort of thing? You know, what or, or how have they enabled you to grow and develop and and you know, have the confidence to to try new things? And I think there is well I genuinely have a sense of paying that sort of thing forward you know that I've definitely been helped mm. by by Penny and others but you know typically Penny would be someone who I can you know I can only speak for me spotted something gave me a bit of a confidence but challenged me massively <laughs> to get really good and not just to accept where I was at um and almost the fact that she then would pick the phone up and, and ask if you wanted to do some work with her. That was a kind of big seal of approval to say you were good enough for her to want to associate with you in a working sense and has become that kind of person, again, where you can talk about anything or share stuff or say, you know, I'm stuck on this, have you got anything? And without question, she always says yes, you know, um, and you'd like to think you do the same thing for other people as well as reciprocating back to Penny. Uh, but definitely that came about through being challenged in very difficult ways <laughs> at times. Mm. You know, there's almost been forged through fire somewhere to get to the point of saying, gosh, that was really hard and it was worth it. And that now, you know, is a uh, a relation, a professional and a personal relationship that has been built from there, really. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, what about you, Nikki? What would you what would you add or, or 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 present differently no i i would 
I would support all of what Barbara has just said. And I think I came to working with with Penny and a few others. Barbara, I think you were working with Penny at the yeah. time. You know, I'd been I'd been a, a tutor for England Netball, for Sports Coach UK, um, Sports Leaders Trust. So you know, I, I thought, come on, what are these guys going to be able to tell me? <laughs> Here we go, new qualification. I've been out there doing it for years, and. That what they did is, A, made it really enjoyable learning. So it was learning whilst you were having fun and looking at things in a slightly different way. But B, pretty early on, helped me to get to a self-realisation point that I might have been doing it for the last 25 (laughs) years, but I hadn't been doing it particularly well and that there was a different way and I, I could do it better and they did that not by saying this is the new, this is the w- way. Ooh. We have a slight technical issue. We have a technical <laughs> we've issue. Lost, we've lost Nisky halfway through. <laughs> is she coming back? I don't know. She's just oh. frozen a second yeah. in full flow. That we weren't telling her this is the way. We were yeah, saying we let's get into some the... self-reflection, yeah. I think, is where she was headed. Yeah. Oh, oh. you're back. Here, I'm back. Oh, you, you've switched sides, you two. Oh, oh, you're on the same sw- side. Yeah, you've switched side. Oh, well, yeah, it looks like you've switched rooms. You're <laughs> you're still in the same place. Yeah, you are. Oh, good. No changing me. <laughs> okay, so I thought I thought I was doing pretty okay, and then I go in, in, into this session when it suddenly dawns on me or gently, I would say it very gently dawns on me that, aha, uh-huh, maybe I haven't been doing it quite as well as I thought I was doing it and that there is a better way to do it. And I could really up, up my game and there were lots more skills to learn. And that was introduced in a very gentle way without finger pointing, without anybody crusading that this is the new way and the light and what we must be doing as facilitators now it there was really good underpinning but it was done in a in a really practical way and almost like "Mm, here's a framework have a go at doing it um but do remember there are four steps to doing it and if you want to do it really well it's getting those four steps in an order and it, it sounds really simple, but there were four steps in about 28 different categories and you had to <laughs> wrestle through them really, really well. And um, Penny was demanding, but in a, a very calm, mm. trusting way. And it was OK to cock up. It was OK that you didn't get all of the four points across in the right order each time as long as you were able to reflect on those and recognize and make a difference um and then i remember working with anita navin when the netball um coaching certificates first came out traveling up and down and across the country with penny in tow and i am lacked so much sleep over six months (laughs) because 
we would we would be having a nice chat and uh, having dinner, and then you'd go back to your room knowing that you would be up again at six thirty in the yeah. morning, thinking oh, I've got revive. I've just got to make sure that I've got everything, and I know which bits I'm delivering. So you'd stay up until about half past two reviewing yeah. what you're doing and reading the how-to bugs, and it was really healthy and a fun but hard work way of learning. But the bottom line, what did I take from that was how do you help people get to a point of self-realization without that feeling too uncomfortable? And I think it's, it's interesting, you know, maybe drawing things together a little bit now in terms of some of your quotes and some of the things that we've talked about. Um, there's some cool things that seem to be coming through in terms of um, both of you have talked about challenging or, you know, demanding. So, you know, it's not an easy ride. So this isn't just about letting people, um, you know, almost find their own path. There's somebody there who's prompting you. So the, these people that help helping you or serving you, if you want to use some of that language, you know, that it's not that they're just kind of going, there you go, just go on nicely that you know they they perhaps see your potential and and just gently push you towards that and 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 keep challenging along the way because maybe they believe in you and and see something in you that they know how good you can be so Mm. maybe there's something you know that's something that came through and I think that you know I think what Penny's never backed away from is is telling you that you're not good enough but but in a way that leaves you feeling that you want to carry on and that you want to carry on getting better as opposed to saying, mm. well, sod it then, that you can find somebody else because I'm off. <laughs> and I've I've always admired that, that ability to find the right way to raise somebody's awareness. And if that has failed, to actually share, well, OK, this is where I think you're at and this is what needs to happen for you to get somewhere else. And sometimes I've, I've had to bite the bullet on those situations and I've entirely taken it from how Penny does it. <laughs> and I think, you know, may, maybe... For me, there's there's um, a theory that I've come across, which I really like, around psychological safety. And a lot of what I'm hearing you, you talk about, um, um, and somebody called Amy Edmondson has developed this. You know, she talks about this idea of psychological safety, but balanced with accountability and motivation. So that if you just, you know, if you if you talk about psychological safety just being like a nice, safe place mm. where everybody's trusting and and calming, and it's okay to try and fail. If you have that, but you don't have any sort of motivation and accountability to get better, then it's just a nice place to be. But mm. if you have that combination of, mm. you know, trust and, and respect and rapport and, and feeling like, you know, like you said, it's OK to cock up. Yeah. Um, but you also have somebody there or, or an inner sense of motivation and wanting to get better because somebody has prompted that in you. Um, but also some sort of accountability, whether that be internal accountability to yourself in terms of this is what I'm going to do or a feeling of accountability and responsibility to others. And maybe that brings in some of that servitude idea in terms of I'm serving others. But when you have both of those two things, then, you know, amazing things happen. That's when real growth and learning and, and development happens. So, you know, I think that's it. That's interesting, just listening to you both talk and kind of saying, okay, well, there's something about rapport and connecting and developing that trust. Um, but then also not just sitting back and feeling, oh, this is lovely. It's, you know, mm. it's a really nice place. It's having that motivation and desire to, to keep moving forward. And I'm not sure I, I get it right all the time. No. I think sometimes I, I struggle to get that balance of 
challenge and motivating mm -hmm. um and i know that sometimes i i i get the trust but i i i'm unable to get the challenge in and i, I recognize that when it happens and it's it, it's really sometimes quite hard to put a finger on what the reason why i didn't manage to to get there and that's why i love working with people like yourselves where we we're working together and afterwards and barbara i remember when we used to go to um stonehouse golf club jane stonebridge yeah. stonebridge yeah. where we did lots of the level three delivery and it it's probably a i don't know 45 minute drive barbara yeah. from your house so i would stay over at barbara's for the middle day possibly sometimes the first for the first night and um we would we would review going home and <laughs> and reflect and and that's a was a really helpful useful yeah. time and there are there are folks that i work with where i would never get to properly open up perhaps as much as um i can do with say you two than than i would with other colleagues yeah no, that's interesting. Who, yeah um really opening up and showing so much vulnerability perhaps isn't necessarily the place that I'd feel comfortable with with them. Mm. Mm, definitely. So I think we feel like it's come to a bit of a, you know, drawn our, our conversation to a little bit of a, a conclusion point almost. Um, and in a minute, I'll maybe come back to each of you and just kind of maybe say, you know, one of the things, you know, what one thing has, have has have you taken or has resonated with you from our conversation that perhaps is something that you feel actually, do you know what, there's something really important for me right now in that. And it may be going back to your quote or, or something that you, you've said. And in terms of just, I suppose, summarizing some of the, the key themes in terms of this idea that, you know, great people around you and having people who support you and trust you actually is really important, whether you are acting as a mentor or whether it's you needing that support from somebody else. But I think, perhaps a, a couple of key themes are that it's about recognizing that we do see things in different ways and, and taking time to understand that difference to bring your, you know, those talking conversation. What was the, the book that the conversations, um, uh, the talking revolution, the talking Cre revolution, creative no. conversations. Yeah. yeah. And realizing that we do, and it's important to understand difference and to take time to understand people's perspectives. Um, and if you can do that and build that rapport and understanding through that, then maybe you're building up some of the trust to be able to have some of those more challenging conversations, um, recognising that it's not always easy. Um, and I think also what stands out for me is this idea of, you know, gentle support and firm support. So you both use the word challenging and demanding, but equally in the same sentence used calm and gentle. Um, so there's ways and means of, of you know, helping others you know, really understand that they have that potential. And I think maybe at the heart of, of of some of these conversations is it trust and you know rapport and, and feeling safe in that environment that actually it's okay you know it in front of this person it's okay to make a mistake it's okay to say i don't know it's okay to not know um and that feels quite important um so what you know what about mm. you if there's, if there's one thing that you know we leave the conversation with that's you know that you're maybe going to going away to reflect more on in the next over the next glass of wine or coffee or whatever it might be <laughs> I think, interestingly, the notion of serving um, 
it, it, what's been in my head for a while is, and I've just this is just again my background being brought up in a Catholic mm. family, but there is something spiritual and there's something mm. religious about that notion of serving that I would I struggled with as I was growing up and as I was a girl, in that whole notion of yeah. I don't want to be I don't yeah. want to be subservient, but there's there's mm. a difference between being subservient and saying I'm choosing to say. That it, at this particular moment, it's more important that I understand this other person than I get my view across. And so at this point, I'm serving their need and, and, and whatever it is they want to say, rather than serving my ego. And that that still takes a lot of work sometimes. Mm. But that's that is a point of reflection, I think, for me. Yeah. And what about you, Nikki? What, about, what are you taking away to reflect on? Uh, it's well it's been a brilliant refresher for me to talk about some of these things so thanks for the opportunity and I think for me a a little bit about trusting myself to be able to do this this serving and being um being present being um properly there to understand people trust I can do it rather than forcing myself to do it and putting a lot of effort in because i think people see would would recognize that as somebody not being calm not being okay. assured enough i don't, uh, this is what i'm uh, this mm. is what i'm instantly reflecting on and thinking i can i can do it i i have known and experienced lots of moments where that has happened so there is it is okay reassuring and trusting myself I can do it reminding myself to do it yeah and and the importance in you know everything that's going on um and and I'm talking about when I'm when I'm um mentoring or when I'm about to facilitate some workshop being calm about that mm. and thinking about making good connections, making good good servitude. I think that's a great way to to summarise and, and you know capture some of the key reflections that all of us will take and also recognising that we will all take something slightly different. And perhaps next time we sit down, hopefully in person um, mm-hmm. rather than virtually, over a coffee or whatever it might be um we can come back and maybe our reflections might have changed again Um, Mm. but i think that's that's perhaps the you know the beauty or the the pleasure of almost having these types of conversations and that you can go away and just take something different and you know i really believe that there's something to be learned from every conversation and even if that person thinks differently to you then what a great place to start from trying to understand and Mm. and, see things from somebody else's world yeah So thank you very much both. Thank you. You have been listening to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. My thanks again to my guests, Nikki and Barbara, and to all of you for listening. Until the next time, take care.